K-Pop Social Night is back for its third year, and we are joining in on the fun. K-Pop Social Night is a two-day K-Pop fest dedicated to celebrating the diverse K-Pop and K-Drama podcast community, while also raising awareness for minority mental health. July is National Minority Mental Health Month, and proceeds from KPSN ticket sales will be donated to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. This year's K-Pop Social Night will be held from July 9th to 10th and feature some of your favorite K-Pop podcasts and radio shows, plus performances and panels. Get your tickets now at kpsnfun.com and we'll see you there. All right, welcome back to another episode of Girls with Fun. Hey, hey. All right, we have a very special episode for you today. Um, in a previous episode, we attempted to talk about um, MBTI, the Myers Briggs uh, personality test, and um, I felt like we couldn't really do it justice because we didn't really have all the knowledge, you know? 100%. <laughs> so this time we have a professional to assist us. <laughs> Given all the recent changes with BTS uh, <laughs> personality types changing over the last few years, we thought we'd have a special guest come on and actually um, give us some real knowledge about this test. So please welcome Kelly. Hello. Hello. As a MBI, MBTI person and a BTS person, this is my dream <laughs> topic. <laughs> yes. We're so excited. I'm psyched. Thanks for letting me on. <laughs> All right. Um, Kelly, so could you please tell us a bit about yourself? Um, maybe more about your job, a little bit of you as an army. Let us know about you. Cool. So um, I got into Myers-Briggs more from like an amateur standpoint at first. Um, I was working in advertising at the time and somebody had randomly posted their type on social media and I was like, oh, you know, I would like to know what my type is. And after taking a free version of the test, the insights that I read there were, they resonated with me so deeply. It, it truly changed my life um, and changed my career and, and like really opened up a new way of like understanding the world and understanding people and understanding myself. Um, and so I kind of stayed in sort of an amateur lane with it, got deeper and deeper um, until I was able to convince my then job to go and send me to get certified as a Myers-Briggs practitioner. So it's like a, I don't know, like four day-ish training. And at the end of it, I realized, okay, I have to, I have to start using this more real in my, in my professional life, not just personally. Uh, so I started a master's program in industrial and organizational psychology, which is basically like psychology of the workplace. And I'm now one semester away from finishing that. Very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And um, in terms of work, I use MBTI mostly at this point as like a, um, for team building workshops, like teams that work closely together. It can be really interesting to just see those places where you really um, mesh well with somebody who you are already a naturally good communicator with. And then maybe somebody who you don't communicate as well with, or you don't collaborate as well with, what is that piece there that's missing that can kind of unlock your ability to, to get a little bit closer and better with that stuff. And then, you know, just personally, I use it all the time in my, 
in my own relationships and my friendships, it can be a really interesting extra tool for just understanding, you know, what might I be missing about what someone else is bringing as an assumption to this situation that is so opposite from the assumption I have. And neither of us know to name it because it's just our different assumptions. But if you can name it, all of a sudden it can open up like a new level of understanding between you. So that is why I love Myers-Briggs. In terms of my army self, um, I, I might be the babiest army you've ever had on the pod. I, I think I'm definitely a pandemic army. I don't think I could even call myself a dynamite army. That was the first, like the first time I saw BTS, heard BTS was mm-hmm. on NPR Tiny Desk. Oh, wow. What a first performance. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking, okay, this is cool. And then kind of forgetting about it. Like we were in the midst of the pandemic. I was, I was not open to absorbing new band content at that time, I guess. <laughs> Can't blame you for that. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, a few months later, like beginning of 2021, I'm making a, like a collaborative playlist with friends and something in the universe just said, do you remember that song Dynamite? Put it on the playlist. I had not listened to it in all those months. And I don't know, whatever it was, I just connected with it. I was like, this is the most fun, like perfectly executed pop song. Let me see if BTS has anything else going on. So I made a little playlist and loved it. Um, And I think the final piece was that uh, at the time, uh, summer, this past summer, summer 2021, I was in a relationship with someone who was from Korea, who was not a BTS fan, but as I was falling in love with him and falling in love with his culture, um, starting to learn the language, I just thought, you know, you're into that dynamite song. You should dig a little deeper. I bet, I bet you could really get into this important cultural export. And that was kind of when I, when I, I think you guys said in a recent episode, like you think it's a puddle and you step into yes. it in a sinkhole. That was that was my <laughs> sinkhole right there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that gif is on Irvine, or I don't even know where that was from, but that just plays on constant loop in my head, like. You're like, what's the name? Or like, what songs yeah. I listen to next? And then you're like, you know, so-and-so did XYZ thing on this date in 2015 and wore this shirt. And you're like, how did I get here? Yeah. Very uh, valuable. Do you have a bias? I do have a bias. Um, I have my bias is Namjoon. And <laughs> yes, Julie hands in the air. Are we gonna fight or are we best friends now? There's like a very fun line. <laughs> but nice. what I what I bring from my bias records, I think, is an unrepresented uh, population on the pod. My bias records are Jungkook and Taehyung. Mm. Nice, Taehyung. Yes. So you're particularly <laughs> struggling with the most recent chests to come, as we are discussing before the before we press record. Yeah, it's a it's a joyful struggle, I think. <laughs> joyful struggle is such a perfect description. Like, I was texting another baby army, one of my coworkers, and she was like, "Do you know what's happening next?" Like, it was peak comeback last week, and I was like. I've been here for however many years and I have no idea what's happening next. You're just going to struggle no matter what. Like, good luck. <laughs> Seems like proof is a rough, uh, a rough first comeback. <laughs> yeah, emotionally. If, it's, <laughs> if it's your first comeback, uh, not for you, right? Because B was what, November 2021. But for others, like, Godspeed. Good luck. Wishing you all the best. <laughs> I would call it my first comeback because I was just, you know, vaguely aware of Dynamite. I was not like streaming and, and like 
fully participating. So I, I feel like I'm going through it. Baby Army listeners, I'm with you. <laughs> We're here for support. In your wisdom. It doesn't really get easier, though. I think that's the key takeaway. Like, this is pretty bad. It's been a rough go, but it's never, like, easy. Never ready yeah. for this. So, um, as I mentioned in the beginning, we did previously do an episode um, on MBTI. And we did it, and I kind of felt like afterwards, like, like we didn't really know what we were talking about. So, I was really <laughs> happy when you reached out um on insta uh saying that you would like to be on the podcast because i just felt like that was great and then things just started aligning because bts kept posting um their results and their results just keep changing and you know then they had the mbti lab recently um and the results of course were different once again so (laughs) if you could i guess kind of set up for people who may not no, what is MBTI? Um, tell us a little bit more about the test um, before we get into the conversation surrounding Bangtan's results. Yes, would love to get all of you a little Myers-Briggs 101 for this. You can be beginner pros at the end of this. <clears throat> so how Myers-Briggs works, I usually explain it that there is a central assumption to this system that kind of shapes how we think about it that I think a lot of people miss. I think they they maybe missed a little bit in the MBTI lab video. The assumption is that we all have preferences and those specific preferences guide our thoughts, our reactions, our responses, our behaviors, our communication in the world. Our preferences do not dictate our actions or our choices, right? We, We choose those things, but the preferences do influence the way that we move in the world, what our perspective is that we bring to something, what feels most natural to us. Um, And that is why it's meaningful to know your preferences. They aren't your whole self, but they are a part of yourself. And so I think, you know, a piece of this that is important for our conversation is, you know, a little disclaimer that only an individual can tell you their type because it's about preferences, not behaviors, right? We can only judge off of behaviors that we see and the things they tell us, but they themselves are the ones who kind of claim a type. That said, we can make a pretty good guess because they share a whole lot of content, probably more than we're, we're all able to get through. Um, so, you know, the, the whole disclaimer of like, this is just for fun. We can't really tell them what their type is. I won't be able to say your type is wrong. Don't cook it's this. And, you know, be 100% accurate. And then I think there's another piece, which is sort of like a cultural, a cultural difference that you know, MBTI is translated into different languages by um, you know, the people who that's their first language and their culture, because there are different ways that those preferences can show up depending on cultures. I think introversion versus extroversion is a really interesting one when we think about the US, where extroversion is so obviously the like preferred way of being. We attach a lot of um, baggage to the idea of an introvert, right? Quiet, shy, awkward, no friends, not social. In Myers-Briggs, that is not at all what an introvert is. Um, and I think that can kind of shape, you know, when we get to like Jin, for example, why is Jin an introvert, not an extrovert? A lot of Jin's behaviors, I think we would code as extrovert. Is he really? And then even like thinking and feeling, 
I think thinking can get associated with like individualism, feeling with collectivism. There's also gender stuff there. People socialized as women in more of a feeling way. People socialized as men more of a thinking way. But if that's not your preference, you might have a hard time telling it apart because of that socialization. I think there's some of that context around it as well. Um, another piece of this is the test itself. So the test is not your type. I usually describe it as, you know, the test is a starting point. So if the test changes over the years, that doesn't necessarily mean your type changes over the years. As the, the members point out in the video, you know, what you show up with that day can shape how you answer those questions. But your type is, is kind of like one level more universal than those individual pieces. Um, and so, you know, a, a high level answer to why are the types changing? I think part of it is, you know, you show up on the day to take the test with a different energy. It might look a little different if you don't go and confirm those types by like reading about, hey, what really is an INTP? Is that really me? I might actually see myself over here more and kind of tweak. Another piece is like, they've been taking it since 2017, I think we said. Um, there's so much change that these boys have gone through in that time. Like as a result of age, right? Your 20s is a time of so much change as a result of the way that their fame has exploded and the pandemic. I think all three of those forces have really probably shaped their own self-awareness around their personalities. I think that's kind of a, a reason for why the types, we might see the types changing. Tracking so far? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just shaking my head incessantly for listeners that like cannot, will not be able to see us <laughs> later. <laughs> but yeah, especially the gym thing. And, and I've often thought even not specifically MBTI, but for any kind of like personality assessment, the question will be like, are you more likely to do like X or Y at a party? And I'm like, it depends on the party and who's there and what's the vibe of the party and do I know anyone else? So it can be hard to fully capture like all of that other stuff like you're saying. Yeah, even the questions in the MBTI lab, you know, not to jump ahead, some of them are so nuanced and touch on so many different things. You could see that the, the core piece of the question, the members were reacting to like outside parts of it, which made it all complicated. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would love to work with them on writing a better MBTI video for the next time. <laughs> Hype so, staff, if you're listening, tell you. <laughs> Dream job. So, okay, so a little bit more about the, the typing system. Because I think the test, you know, like I said, it's starting point, it's a tool. The system is really where the magic is. So Myers-Briggs is a system of 16 different personality types. You know, if you're a numbers person, there are 16 types because there are eight um, preferences. There are four dimensions with two preferences each, and you can combine them to get 16 different variations. Um, the first dimension the options are introversion and extroversion. We use an E or an I to denote that. Second one is sensing and intuition. Sensing, we use an S. Intuition, we use an N, because the I is already taken by introversion. The third one is thinking and feeling, so we use a T and an F. And then the last one is judging and perceiving, so that's J and P. And, you know, I think a really important note is every one of us can use all of the preferences. So if you've ever thought, like you just said, Julie, like, oh, I do, I do both of these at different times, you are correct, because we all use the preferences on a daily basis. I would, I would bet that none of us go a day without using every single one of them at some point. 
the reason we call them preferences is because you simply prefer or you lean toward one side or the other. Sometimes you lean really strongly and obviously, and sometimes you lean less strongly, or maybe it's even hard to tell sometimes because you are so good at using both sides. But, you know, the assumption of Myers-Briggs is you do lean, you do have a preference somewhere. And because of that, we all have a type. We all have a type made up of what those preferences are. Your type is more than the sum of its letters. So just knowing I'm an I, I'm a S, I'm a whatever, um, is the starting point. But the preferences together, they work to create these patterns and themes that then show up in your personality, right? In certain behaviors, in reactions, and thought processes and assumptions that you make. And that is why once you have that starting point for letters from a test, it's really important to then go read a good description of that type. You, we want to make sure it really resonates with you. Like, are the letters that I picked individually working together to paint a picture that I really see myself in? Um, so kind of coming back to Bangtan, right? It's normal that as they take these tests, they change a little bit. I, I didn't see them at any point in the video. I guess it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Then going and referencing, right? I have my little Myers-Briggs Bible by my side, but all this stuff is very available online. <laughs> and so when, you know, if you are going then to go take the test and you see you show up as INTP, you want to then go look for um, like a reliable source that has a description of what an INTP is like. Because you might sit there reading it and go, okay, parts of this are really me, but this I don't see in me at all. And that's like a meaningful thing. What if I swap the T with an F? Then when you go look at INFP and you see yourself there, you know, you, you didn't change the test, right? The test just was your starting point. So the test is not law, I think is my broken record here. Do you have a site you want to shout out as a good source for information for any of our listeners who might be taking their first step? I mean, we can also just link it in the description if this is going to, you know, <laughs> take us take us too far away from our main topic. I have liked the Truity site test recently in terms of free tests. Um, and I don't tend to like the 16 personalities one. That one's fun. I don't know that it gives you as accurate an answer. I, I have found that the Truity one is pretty decent. So do uh, tests differ? Do tests differ based on the site? Okay. I was wondering, like, you know, how the questions worked or like you were mentioning earlier, how they may... Um, vary across languages and cultures. Um, so there are different questions depending on where you take the test. And actually, Myers-Briggs itself, I think it's called the Myers-Briggs Company, are the only ones who own and can administer the official test. Mm. I've found, you know, unofficially, I found that there are some good ones online. Um, but, you know, Myers-Briggs themselves are the ones who have the official test and translate it into, you know, in language for other cultures. So if you want to go to the source, you can pay a Myers-Briggs practitioner to do the official test. I have found that the Truity one is, is pretty good. Interesting. Okay. So should want to talk a little bit about the, the actual different dimensions, the preferences? Definitely. Yeah. So um, I'll describe these, these different preferences. Um, I would love it if you, Julie and Kalea, type along with me. Um, listeners would love, love you guys to type too. Everybody can know their type at the end of this. 
Um, so I'll walk through each of the, the preferences, each of the dimensions, um, and want to give a reminder that, again, all of us can do all of these things. Your preference is just the one you choose most naturally, like all things being equal. Um, I'll say in workshops sometimes, your preference is the one out of the two options that makes you for, feel more harmonious, more energized, more in your element. The out of preference, that's going to be the one that um, you definitely can do, but it might make you feel just a little bit more anxious, a little bit more drained, or a little bit more stretched. I have a question for you. I've seen yeah. people reference online like uh, dominant or auxiliary. Hopefully I said that correctly. Like functions. Is that what you're referencing here? Yes. Or is that something kind of. else? So I would say Myers-Briggs 201 is, is the functions. Okay. Functions we don't have stack. to skip a class here. <laughs> yeah. I would say function stack. We'll probably reference it once or twice today as we talk about the members. If you're really into this stuff, search for your function stack. Um, that's, yeah, dominant function, auxiliary function, tertiary, and inferior. Um, those can be super useful. I think they're online a lot because you can use them when you're trying to figure out someone's type who's not sitting right in front of you. Are they doing, basically what that means is, are they doing this thing out loud or in their head? Can I see them doing intuition out in the world or is it in their head so it's maybe not as visible to me? Um, it's like I said, it's slightly deeper and a little bit more complex than just the like E versus I, N versus S. So definitely encourage um, some online exploration of function stack if you're really feeling this stuff. I'm giving myself homework already. True oh, no bias here. But anyway, yeah, let's let's go to the main four. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So the first one, like we said, extroversion and introversion, E versus I. Questions that I will ask are things like when you socialize, do you like more of kind of one-on-one -on -one time with somebody? And maybe in general, you like to keep a sort of smaller but more intimate circle of friends? Or do you really like being in that group dynamic? And maybe you, you like cultivating kind of a larger circle of friends. That smaller, more intimate one-on-one, -on -one, that's introversion. That more group dynamic, bigger circle is extroversion. Also, do you, do you want to talk something through out loud before you have to speak it, right? Do you want to process it verbally with someone else? Or do you like to sort of take time, process in your head, and then bring your, your baked thought out to the world? And then energy is another big piece of this. Do you draw your energy from being with others and maybe you spend it on your own? Or do you recharge your batteries alone and then you have to bring that charged up energy to others because that's where you spend it? Anything coming up? Are we are we feeling ourselves on either side? Yeah, I'm definitely an introvert for sure. This is an area where I sometimes get tripped up because it's super context dependent. Like starting a BTS group in DC, like I like finding like that community minded aspect of it. So, but when I think about like where do I recharge my energy, like I 100% need to be by myself at the end of the day and like just have quiet time to like think and read and like do my own thing. So definitely identify with introversion more. Sounds legit. What do you think, Kalea? Yeah, I also identify with introversion. Um, I've always been like the type that likes a small friend group, like thinking about having to like balance <laughs> emotionally connecting with multiple people, like just a lot of people. Like, I have friends that have friend groups that are like, I don't know how they do it, right? They have like 30 friends and like they truly feel like they are connected with like 30 different people. And that 
exhaust me just thinking about that. <laughs> I have to like recharge myself at home before I even like go out in social settings. Like it's emotionally draining for me. So I definitely feel like I'm an introvert. <laughs> and I feel like your comment about wanting to go deep or like I cannot really do small talk. Like I will definitely be taking it way too heavy, way too fast if I'm not careful. So that also that- resonated. That is a good one for introversion. That also starts to get into the second function of N versus S. Mm. Uh, Are you comfortable sharing your type or what you identify with? Oh, yeah. For me, um, I also identify with introversion. It's one of the closer ones for me, the E and the I. Um, I like anecdotally find when I do this with people that people often have one or two letters that they are really, really clear on and one or two that are like right on the border. And the E and the I is one of those for me right on the border, but definitely on the on the introversion side. That's interesting because I was trying to look up my old truity results and I couldn't find them. And I just wanted to be like focused on our conversation. But I remember seeing a percentage where it was like introversion 60, extroversion 40. So interesting to hear you say there's a few that are tight and some that are more like clear. I think we naturally like kind of feel our way into places where it's like, oh, this is one. I think uh, Joan Cook in the MBTI video says that I and P are so clear for him, but the middle two are the ones that kind of go back and forth. And it's just interesting to see where do people, where do people flex and where are they really set clear? That's so interesting. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Next one is N versus S, intuition and sensing. We call this one the perceiving function to get Julie to the, the functions you were asking about. We call it the perceiving function because it's the way that you perceive the world, the way you process the world. Are you doing it through sensing, through more concrete things and your senses? Or are you doing it through intuition, through this almost um, absorption of patterns, noticing of patterns that are not concrete, but your brain sort of makes a connection? That's why it's called perceiving. So questions around this one would be like, do you use those five senses to interact with and experience the world? Is that primarily your way of perceiving the world? Or are you picking up on ideas that you can interpret meaning from and then make connections between? Are the things that you notice and remember in the world, are they facts and like specific things, almost like real things in the world? Or do you see and remember patterns, ideas, concepts, like the big picture first? Um, And then are you more naturally good at and drawn to more physical and concrete expressions of like your skills, your talents, your creativity, or are you more drawn to those mental, conceptual, theoretical expressions? I want Kalea to go first on this one. I have my own perception. I know we can't type people, but I want to hear what she says before I go. (laughs) Um, I think I'm definitely more of like a bigger picture kind of person. I kind of struggle with this one, I guess, and trying to understand it a little bit. But from what I get when I take the test, I'm definitely more of the intuition type. Maybe I was focusing too much on like details, but I was thinking of your ability to like remember specific days like maybe that's just a memory thing but like remembering specific fits on specific days and knowing exactly when and I'm like I have no idea where I am I have no idea what happened like noticing details in the world 
like around or like you talked about like really tangible things I'm like I don't know what year I mean I do know the year but like in general I have no idea (laughs) so I think I'm a strong like intuition person it's never really that's probably one of my stronger ones but it's like even with, with the types I I remember it because of like where I was or like it's almost like I can see the things <laughs> not like by like facts or like you know I just remember remember the dates or whatever because of whatever reason it's like okay I remember in this time and place I remember this like it sounds weird but like this smell or like I don't know like these certain things that were like going on when it happened like oh I was here when this happened and I felt this way so that's why I can remember like yes Yungi had mint hair from this <laughs> time period you know up to this time period <laughs> it almost sounds like you are connecting the sensory information it's almost like you start with the five senses information and you are like able to make connections between it that is how you remember yeah it's weird you know as a loyal <laughs> loyal stan of girls with fun pod i have definitely noticed and like had the thought in my head when you when you'll call up one of those one of those details i'll be like sensing play using <laughs> sensing so if you're on the end side, you this is probably one you're close on because I can tell you are really good at sensing too. Interesting. <laughs> There's so much information that is N and that is S in the world. You know, it's natural to be able to pick up on both of it. And especially, um, you know, in a, in a fandom like this that loves to come up with its, its theories, I think we see a whole lot of both N and S being, being used in the world. Where do so, you fall on this one? I'm with you with N. Yeah, I am. Oh, okay. This is a really clear one for me. I'm I'm very far on the N side. All right, next one is T and F, thinking versus feeling. We call this the judging function um, because it is the primary criteria you use when you are evaluating something, when you're making a judgment call based on it. Um, what criteria do you lean towards? Obviously, it's not about judgmental. I hate that the word judging has that um, connotation. It's more an evaluation criteria. So questions I use for this one, when you evaluate a decision or you're forming an opinion, are those criteria more methodical based on rational and logical criteria? Or do you focus more on how people will react, what the emotional impact will be? Which do you prioritize, truth or harmony? Um, truth, which can, you know, feel feel harsh and, you know, cold, or harmony, which can ignore the reality of the situation to maintain the peace, right? There's, there's good and bad to both sides of that. Um, and then in those weaker moments, which one is more likely to be you? Are you more likely to, you know, shut down, come off cold or harsh, or to feel too emotional or like a pushover, like a doormat? And then it can also show up in um, what you notice or point out first. You notice problems or successes, flaws or compliments. Um, T tends to be on that side that is more rational, logical. F tends to be on that side that is more emotional and and human-oriented. What do you guys think? Where do you see yourself? I am definitely, like, all about, like, feelings and emotions and whatnot. I have, like, 
a hard time with expressing my feelings when I probably should. Like, it probably would be a good time to tell people how you're feeling right now. But I'm like, oh, I don't want to like, like damage the mood. I don't want to like piss people off or like hurt anyone's feelings. But like, yeah, I'm like 100% like, I think about feelings first before I think about like logical stuff. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think this is one of my softer ones. In fact, I almost always get INFP, but I think once there was a time many moons ago where it was like INTP. So um, again, also kind of on the feeling side, but again, contingent on the circumstance, like in a business setting where a project needs to get done, I can activate a different thing, but it wouldn't be my first go-to. So probably also on the feeling side. Cool seems like you both are like pretty clear on that preference. <laughs> I lean towards T, but this was one that has been really interesting as I've gotten older and like done more self-work and really valued in my life. And I've kind of seen a, a balance shift where I notice more F behaviors coming out, even if I still see T preferences in a lot of other places. This is kind of like a side note tangent, but I did an MBA program that was like 70% male. And so I think I used to be like more heavier on the <laughs> on the feeling side or like we have to do this. But after two and a half years of like feeling like I really needed to like assert myself a bit more for things to get done, I, I think there's maybe like an assertiveness that's part of this, although I'm not the expert on it. But it's funny, you're coming one way and I'm like trying to periodically move the other way. I mean, it makes sense when you think about this as the judging function, a really like holistic and wise decision is one that takes all relevant criteria into account. And so I think as we get older and kind of see the use for both sides of this, you can kind of build that muscle on the side that isn't your preference and feel, feel like a new kind of sense of balance around it. I think you're right on there. So intriguing. <laughs> Humans, so interesting. Yeah, we're all, humans are weird. <laughs> all right, and then the last one is judging versus perceiving, J and P. You may notice that the last two we went through are called the perceiving function and the judging function, and then the last two letters are judging and perceiving. I I don't know what, what the logic was for how confusing <laughs> that is. <laughs> I would love for them to change it. Yeah, I was like, wait, I'm just confused. I thought we were just yeah. talking about judging. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were. I don't know why that that's what it's called, but the last function is, is J and P um, because J, j the judging obviously like, you know, J as a preference in the last letter is someone who naturally prefers structure, closure, routine, clear plans and follow through, which isn't really related to the word judging. And then on the other side, perceiving someone whose letter is P naturally prefers like the ability to improvise some flexibility leaving room for things to be open-ended so you can add in you know make a make a change when new information arises that really doesn't have anything to do with perceiving so confusing one a, a brand problem that I think it would probably be pretty easy for Myers-Briggs to fix but can you imagine if they updated partway through though it would be like I don't know the riots that would happen on Tumblr if Tumblr is even still a thing <laughs> Like when they, 
Go ahead, Kalea. I was going to say, like, when they tried to, like, add new horoscopes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say a 134340 vibes. I was just thinking, yes. <laughs> taking pluto away adding yet another zodiac like if they changed the mbti now it would be chaos yes okay so where do we think uh that we stand hosts on this one i'm definitely on the more judging needing structure type thing i am like a planner through and through like spontaneity is just not my thing <laughs> you know like they have that book like who moved my cheese i'm constantly like all right who moved my freaking cheese like do not like <laughs> i cannot do change like it, it takes forever for me to like adapt to like new things i'm like hold on i try and be open-minded about it but it is like sometimes like really hard for me to like process change and things like that or trying to be uh more flexible like oh yeah i don't have any plans for today well let's just hop on a train and go here i'm like no let's think about this like we need to like write this down like i can't do it this is probably where i mean we never have conflict but this is probably where like co-host conflict arises because i'm a strong p like i hate feeling booked up at every second of the day it stresses me out to feel like oh i don't have time to just like binge 20 episodes of an anime in one day which I've definitely never done or like <laughs> you know get on that train like they announced Toby Palooza and within eight minutes I was like we're going right and like you are also Kalea going to Hobie Palooza but that just came together in the last few days so there is maybe like a more cautious approach which is probably good honestly like <laughs> impulsivity over here but um I was that was exactly what I was thinking of when <laughs> when they were taking this test I was like oh, I can see how Julie and I are like totally different because like you said you were like got it and I was like thinking about all these things like hold on but what if they go on a group tour like what if I don't have enough money like where would I stay like oh Palooza crowd is gonna be so huge like am I gonna like be scared in this crowd what about COVID like I was thinking about all these things right (laughs) it took forever for me to get to like buy a ticket to the point where like they could have been sold out like I'm the person who will miss out on opportunities because I'm thinking so dang hard about stuff this is a really great illustration of J and P in action, <laughs> which is the way that you like reacted to the new information of Hobie Palooza coming up and the way the planning process worked and executing it. And it's funny, I am J, but not very strongly J. And because I live in Chicago where Hobie Palooza will be happening, all, all the P kicked in for me where I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, I've been to Lollapalooza before. So I know what to expect. Maybe I can buy the ticket in a couple weeks when I decide, but I don't have to decide today. So yeah, I I relate to being able to use both sides of that one. Yeah, that is like a good mix because you're thinking through like the best time to get a ticket, but you're not like, I need to buy a ticket by like XYZ date. It's very like, I have a general plan. A general plan that doesn't need all the things that would stress me out as a J. Like, where am I going to stay? How am I going to get there? How expensive is it going to be? What's transportation like? It's like, none of that. I don't have to worry, so (laughs) I don't have to plan. I just have to laugh because, like, Kalea literally the other day word for word was like, I don't know if I can ride Chicago public transportation. Like, I've I've never done that. And I'm like, it's probably like taking public transportation in D.C. Like, it's fine. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is probably the source of all our like maybe not all our differences but a vast majority is like strong j and strong p <laughs> i was already mapping out like okay i need to get on the transportation on saturday so i can see what it's like and see how much it costs and see how the rail works <laughs> and like it's like already like planning all this out <laughs> love it adorably j <laughs> I mean I do have to have some semblance of a plan I don't want people to think I'm like a freewheeling like vagrant like I texted my cousin the next day like I can stay with you right like but I yeah I don't have like a subway map fully planned out <laughs> there's Thank limits you know. to my spontaneity let's say thinking of Tay uh in the MBTI lab where he was like I get in the car and I turn off the GPS I don't even know where I'm going that absolutely like I I started itching just thinking about it. Like, what do you mean you just get in the car and go? Like, no, you need to know where you're going. <laughs> like, I could not. Uh, you're going to freedom, baby. That's it. <laughs> oh, my God. Tay must be, like, the strongest P. Like, his percentage is, like, 99.95. <laughs> Again, I we're think, not supposed to type people, but. <laughs> I think he and JK said they both got, like, almost zero J. Yeah. So they're, they're a good pair. That's okay, okay so I think we have types then. I think we have an INFJ in Kalea and an INFP in Julie. Is that right? Yeah. Are you also INFJ? I'm INTJ. Oh, INTJ. Yeah, yeah, you said T. That's right. Hmm. Yes. Um, which there is no representation of in any of these types at all in Bangtan, although a strong contingent of the online MBTI community thinks that Yoongi could be INTJ. Hmm. Perhaps. Yungi is a mystery. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about all the members. <laughs> Should we get into it? Yeah, let's do yeah. it. That was an easy transition. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, as I thought about these, you know, like I said, I don't want to get into the Myers-Briggs 201 of function stack, but the wisdom of the function stack is basically that the middle two letters um, say a lot about, about like what your preferences look like. And the first and the last letters are more directional about, are you doing it in the world or are you doing it in your head? Are you extroverting that thing or are you introverting that thing? So I tend to look more at those middle two letters when I'm trying to type somebody. Um, but there are places I think where it can be like Jin, for example, is a really interesting introversion, extroversion, Tay as well. Um, I think Jimin maybe is the only one who switched P and J over the years, but. We can, we can get into it member by member. Do you guys have a vision for how you want to jump into the members or should I go yeah. observations? What do you think? Why don't you start with your observations and then we can just make sure all our bases are, are covered at the end. I'm fine with that. Kalea, is, oh. is your J, do you need some more order imposed? Do we want like fan <laughs> order? <laughs> I no. have them in fan chant order. <laughs> Excellent. Look at, look at this. Look at you guys. No. I don't mind. I was like, should we mention what they were before and what they're coming up as now? Sure. I have yeah. the list pulled up. I'm happy to do a quick rundown unless, Kalea, you want to do it? No, go ahead. Um, so I guess we'll start with our leader and two-thirds present bias, Kim Namjoon, AKRM. Um, so according to this article, which we'll link in the description and is from Koreaboo, so again, sorry, not sorry, um, when <laughs> BTS... First took the test, RM was an INFP. 
Um, however, when they retook the test, he is an ENFP now. So the extroversion aspect changed. And then just anecdotally, I've seen on Instagram that he has shared results every every so often. And they were ENFP once and ENTP like this week, I think. Oh, fascinating. I know that JK just in his live offered yet another perspective, but I missed that on RM. So I'm so glad that you knew that. Did you know that Jimin references Myers-Briggs in his Weverse article that came out like Last within night. hours of us <laughs> recording this? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was distracted a bit, but <laughs> I was maybe distracted. Um, I'll have to go back and look. Yeah. yeah. But I'm glad you came prepared to talk. <laughs> My eagle eye cannot miss the Myers-Briggs references. So... I have a guess for each member, um, just based on my observations of them. And my guess for Namjoon is that he is indeed ENFP. I think that is accurate for him. Um, Some things that I see that say that that's right for me. um, Namjoon just has this vision, right? He sees possibilities. He is just constantly driven to dig deeper, to explain things. He points out patterns and connections between things. That's so N. He's constantly doing that N intuition out into the world. Um, The way that he kind of, it it seems so natural to him to be vulnerable. He almost has this like beautiful way that he puts himself and his heart out there. That is a combination of that intuition and feeling. Um, The sort of, the way that he is so eloquent about that stuff is, is that N and that F working together. And then another piece is we see this almost like unselfconscious reinvention of himself, right? Over the years, he has, he has been so willing to reinvent himself um, to almost like he's, you feel like he's reaching towards this like idealized expression of his, his artistic vision and his soul's truth in the way that he expresses his art to us. It just has ENFP all over it to me. That is that is what they're all about. And even how referential he is, right? Like the Jungian psychology, Dionysus, Pied Piper, 134340 is so N. He's like personifying a asteroid, not a planet. Sorry, Pluto. <laughs> um, is just the way that he's making these connections, these kind of ideas that he absorbs, constantly absorbing new ideas from more art that he can then connect and like refashion into something meaningful for him. It's, it's so ENFP, like goofy, but deeply reflective, focused on people, focused on expressing feelings and emotions and ideas. I think he could be nothing but ENFP. It's interesting because he is in his like art, I keep saying enthusiast, but you all know what word I'm thinking, phase, but like, is it even a phase at this point? Like, and even in the dinner party, which I don't want us to all be like weeping openly on the track part 9000, but like, he said that he needs time to like think and like be with his ideas or I forget his exact phrasing, but he's like, I used to be able to do like bong and my own thing. And now I just need some time to like with my thoughts and like grow and explore and I was like dang wow just wow (laughs) no further thoughts (laughs) even the way that he said by becoming spokesman I I lost almost he almost lost his own voice by being spokesman and the one who speaks English 
But then at the same time, he's the one writing so many lyrics and not knowing how connected he is to whether the group really feels that way. Like he thinks about it in such a big picture way and it's so deeply self-reflective. Uh, I, I really see that, that ENFP in him. How do you view the change from INFP to ENFP? Like, was it a change? Do you think that's part of growing up? Do you think that's just him learning more about himself? What are your thoughts on that? Maybe it's a softer one. Maybe it is a softer one. I mean, anecdotally, not scientifically at all. A lot of the ENFPs in my life feel really connected to their introversion. I think to be so deeply reflective it really connects you with that ability to go deep in yourself. Um, but I think his, he's such a natural when he's doing that extroverting that I think that is, is the truth for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems that way, especially that that was the INFP was what he got the first time, but everything has been E since then makes me think that the E is probably accurate. I mean, he's such a good public speaker, not that that's necessarily linked to extroversion, but just thinking about his role as leader and all of that, like it makes sense to me, but just wanted your professional thought. (laughs) Yeah, agree. Okay. Uh, Any other thoughts on RM or should I go go down the list here? Nope. Okay. So, Jen, it says... Okay, so according to this article, it says that Jin is an INTP and that Jin's type hasn't changed at all over the last five years. And it says also, um, and Kelly, you can verify this, it says only 3% of people are INTPs. INTP is a rarer one, for sure. And it would be interesting then if, when we get to Yoongi, who, who has also come up with INTP, do we have two of the same relatively rare type in the group? I am going to contradict what I see a lot of online and what Jin has gotten himself here. I think I see more S than N. I think ISTP is my guess for Jin. I I don't want to, you know, Jin is the, the true boss of what his own type is. So I will defer to him if that's what he says it is. But for the purposes of this conversation, I see Jin more as an ISTP myself. Um, you know, the things that those two types are, are very similar in a lot of ways, obviously, with only one letter off. Um, Jin, we see a Jin who is so practical, um, logical, like his go-to mode is, is to be not super emotionally expressive. He he's, tends to be one of the more private members, right? And he's fairly independent. Uh, I think Jin as introvert, I think, is a really interesting piece to discuss as we started to get into. I think we've all perceived Jin as an extrovert before. He he has a big energy and a confidence that I think can get coded as extrovert in our minds. I think even I messaged you guys to say, Jin, an introvert? Never. (laughs) Yes, because I specifically came on the track and I forget which episode it was, but we were agreeing because I was like, look at Jen taking care of his introvert friend, Yungi, like the ideal extrovert friend, making sure their introvert friend is comfortable. And then like, even as I was saying that sentence, I like caught myself on the track and was like, wait, isn't Jen also an introvert supposedly? Cause like he does just have this big, like, like you said, like, I don't know if it's like a persona that he puts on for, for us to see if he 
is like softer on that and like is able to turn it on and off but he's just such a big personality which again not the introverts can't have big personalities but I don't know yeah for some reason he just reads as an extrovert I totally agree were you gonna say something Kalea no I was gonna say I kind of think of it like you know he <laughs> you can see an interview sometimes where he's like has to speak and I don't know he's trying to be like as extroverted as possible but he's like turning red while doing it <laughs> So I just think of him that way. I'm like, yeah, he comes off as extroverted, but he probably like internally doesn't feel that way. <laughs> the red ears are him screaming internally. <laughs> exactly. And, like manifesting physically. And when you, once I started actually thinking about this, right? And not just assuming operating on the assumption Jin is an extrovert. When I started wondering and looking for it, I started to realize that a lot of the things that look like him doing extroversion. He's not necessarily like inviting the conversation to go deeper, trying to like make a social connection. He's almost like delivering his line through the persona and then he has delivered it. So now he can sit back again, right? I, I was gonna, I thought you were gonna say he's kind of deflecting in a way, you know, yeah. or being like, I'm, uh, we're not like going there emotionally. Let me like blow you an air kiss or something. Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> say something absurd like <laughs> yes it's yeah. I think that Jin has boundaries in a way that like it, I don't know if it's the introversion or maybe combining with the thinking but Jin maybe more than anyone else has these boundaries that you know you see all the the clips where it'll be like Kim Bong Tong come to my birthday party or do you need another member and Jin is always the one who's like oh we're good thanks so much <laughs> like he can shut it down <laughs> that's true and also thinking to the dinner party, they were all saying like what they'd been doing recently. And like Jin, whenever he has free time, he will be at his house playing video games, like, <laughs> or, you know, doing something at home. So maybe. I think Break the Silence, he talks about like, I am a pretty quiet guy when I'm not in performer mode. You see me in performer mode, but when I'm not, I'm not that guy. So I think I, I buy it. I believe it. I, I'll take Jin's word that he's an introvert. Which, can I quickly shout out whoever the, like, agent or scout was that approached introverted Jin on the street? Like, if he's just RBFing it up, minding his business, and you're like, that is the most beautiful man. I don't care how intense, like, this interaction is going to be. I, I need to go over there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I find Jin to be kind of intimidating among the members. Like, I would not approach, but also maybe that's my introversion. <laughs> I would probably not approach, period. Let's be real. But. I feel that. I mean, the thinking kind of rational logic vibe plus the introversion vibe, maybe he's not inviting, uh, not inviting the, the approach so much. Yeah, it would, it would so, depend on many things contextually. <laughs> so speaking of the thinking mm -hmm. of Peach and his tea, I think this is probably the clearest piece of his personality. Um, I was recently trying to find more examples of Jin because, because I think he, as a more private member, it's harder to like find the really good evidence of what, what his type might be. Um, and I was watching his interview with Jungkook for B and he said something that uh, I wrote down, which was, I can't write emotional or poetic lyrics because I'm very straightforward and to the point, which probably not true. I think Jin probably does have that in him and has given us emotional and poetic lyrics but on brand for how an ISTP might perceive themselves and their feelings, 
I think he doesn't relate closely to the very emotional side of himself. That makes a hundred percent sense. Siri plays super chomchi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he like he goes to his silly side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also his his young side. Like he, I think that his place as oldest has kind of given him this ability to like stay a little more private and a little just a little more aloof like not aloof cold but just aloof like not as emotionally available I think as some of the other members are right interesting so fascinating maybe that's why I'm intimidated that aloofness that you speak of I'm always like I can't read Jen and maybe that's why (laughs) yes we might need a gin bias on here to like really give us the the deep cuts on what's going on for him. I know. I know. I was just thinking like who feels like they understand the deep inner workings of like Jin's mind and can you please come on our show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would love to pick your brain. <laughs> so, my question for Jin is S or N? Um he he clearly thinks that he's an N because he has consistently answered the the questionnaire with getting N every single time. And that's really interesting to me because, you know, you can't judge, absolutely cannot judge someone's type based off of one quote. But I feel like this is kind of on brand and on theme for Jin. He says in the MBTI lab video, it's not that I think life is meaningless. I just don't have any thoughts on life, which (laughs) is an amazing quote. (laughs) And just do that on my forehead. (laughs) And that is just, a, is not a, a thing I see an N saying. Like, we just got done talking about Namjoon, whose primary function is extroverted intuition. It's that reflection, ideas, connections. That is the same function we should see in Jin if he is an N. And I don't see it there. I think the Jin I know engages with the world in a more immediate and concrete and sensory way, right? He has these athletic gifts. He loves fishing. He loves cooking. Um, Compared to, I I just don't see that, like, you know, passion for making those connections and idea generation. I don't see, like, um, something that I see as a core trait of an INTP is there's this, like, intellectual intensity and love of, like, systems they want to understand knowledge systems um you know not to jump ahead but Jungi, who i do think is an intp it's so obviously music is that system for him he wants to know everything he can about every facet of the music business i don't know that i see that same like depth of um like dropping into a system into a concept like that from Jin. And I think he talks about, like, I'm not someone who spends a ton of time being anxious about the future. I live in the present. That is a gift that S's can have. And I just, I see that as lending itself more towards S than N, which is why my theory is ISTP. I'm also thinking of that really old, I think it was maybe 2016 or 2017. I think it was a run behind the scenes where he has to prepare I don't even know that he had to, honestly, make sure, again, Kalea, Kelly, step in, make sure I'm remembering this correctly, but he prepares food for, like, Tae and Namjoon, who are going hiking. Like, was he obligated to do that, or did he just opt to do that? Because if he did, that's, like, a very physical manifestation of his caring versus, like, I don't know, like, some super 
not romantic, but some like super emotional thing. He's like, here's some food for you on your journey, right? Like, It's a very practical way of mm-hmm. loving. Yeah, which is very tea. Mm. I was thinking that might be S, but I guess I'm wrong. So I'm glad. <laughs> there's, I feel like there's S elements in like the concreteness of it versus like mm. writing a love note or mm-hmm. telling them how you feel. But I think it's it's more of like a tea sort of practical um, a logical way to show someone you love them is to take care of them by feeding them sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Any S, S versus N reactions? Kalea looks like your wheels are spinning. Mm, no, I think I was thinking more about the T and the F just now. <clears throat> but I mean, we can get into that later. <laughs> I mean, whatever you got, I, I've got my sort of gin, my gin spiel. Now you have it. What do we think? I, do you, do I make the case for ISTP? I mean, I was 100% convinced, which is why I was thinking about the S. Yeah. <laughs> again, I still just don't have the best read on gin, like we were saying earlier. Yeah, same. Could just be a part of him and that he just doesn't share as much for sure. So, you know. While my guess is ISTP, we're going to say Jin is INTP. That's what he says he is. Just <laughs> <laughs> do Jin. All right. I will move along to Suga. Min Yoongi, the man, the myth, the genius himself. Um, okay. So, again, this article says Suga was originally an INFP, um, but his results in 2020 changed to INTP. Um, then it says two years later Shuga's type has changed again he is now an ISTP um, and I mean defer to you Kelly but this article says ISTPs are internally motivated and flexible individualists who are inquisitive observant analytical and generous which I think is is mostly true of Yoongi too right um, I my sense for him is that he is INTP. I think the um, the middle middle result for him is correct. And I'm pretty sure he has said on a live that he did this with a counselor once and got INTP as well. Um, so it's funny, I'm just realizing now that Jin got INTP and I guessed ISTP and Yoongi got ISTP and I guess <laughs> I swapped them. Is this why they're growing out so much? Oh my Pop gosh, buddy, let's, let's sit here for a minute now. <laughs> The only tease. <laughs> Allegedly, we'll wait for Jimin. I'm just thinking um, back to that quote where Shugo, I think it was in the soup season one. He's like, I don't actually want to fish, but Jin wants to fish. So I want to like do this with him again, like tangible. Anyway. <laughs> yes. I love their dynamic. Uh, so something he notes in the Myers-Briggs lab, MBTI lab video is that he's never seen his S as high as it was this time. Obviously, right? He got N all the prior times. And I thought that was interesting and wondered, um, he has been doing so much producing lately. And I know there are a lot of like technical elements to that. It's a, it's such a like detail oriented process, right? I wonder if he's just been sort of strengthening the S muscles in that way. And maybe that's why it, it popped. Um, because I see him more, I mean, I don't think he's as clear an N as June is, but I, I, I see him more as INTP. My gut says INTP. 
And I think one of the biggest signs of that is that he can engage easily and naturally with Namjoon when it comes to those big picture, like artistic vision pieces, the like branding stuff and expression of meaning and artistry in a way that maybe no other member can go toe to toe with Namjoon at quite that same level that, that Yoongi does. That says extroverted intuition with me. It's like he and Namjoon are speaking the same language when they have those conversations. And that is intuition. Um, and like I started to reference with Jin, INTPs, like a defining characteristic is that they just love to let themselves fall deeply into like a concept or a system that catches their curiosity. And they want to learn everything about the way it works, like to the exclusion of important life things. Like Yungi talks about feeling lazy, but I think it's because he spends so much energy deeply devoted to the stuff that engages him that he feels like he doesn't have as much to devote to things that like maybe look like they're productive. Um, you know, he's, it, it's, I think it's music is obviously that thing for him, right? He's like exploring every facet of it, absorbing the way others who are skilled at it are doing it. He wants to master it like in his own unconventional way. He wants the, the recognition for it. He wants to produce, he wants to write, he wants to perform, he wants to understand the business and get the accolades. Like he, everything about the way Yungi engages with music is that he wants to get so deep that he can work it and turn it to his advantage and excel in it. And that just like screams INTP to me. I know I have uh, two Yungi biases here. Is that still correct? <laughs> Indeed, it's true. <laughs> yeah that's yeah. interesting because he's always like or at least recently in the dinner and he's like yeah this is my schedule and i'm doing english pilates this 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 this, this. and i'm like in what way are you lazy or like why has anyone ever like typed this guy as being lazy like <laughs> he's far from it totally Maybe because it's in furtherance of his, like, music production goals. Like, he was able to tap into, like, why is this important to the big thing that I'm interested in, right? Although I would assume other things they've done in the past where they were, like, Yoongi sleeping, like, in some of the 2015 things. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's changed. Maybe a maturity. It's interesting because my thought went to when you were talking about music production and working with so many different people... I actually didn't like that that at first. I was very candid on the track. And the more I listened to it, I I, I do like it. But it didn't sound to me like a Yoongi track whatsoever. It sounded like a side track. And I was kind of thrown off by that. But he, I think at the dinner party was saying, or maybe it was some other video, but like he wants to work with a lot of different people and is like making things for clients. So in that aspect... um like you were talking about his S getting higher, he may be more focused on like some of the tangible like detail stuff when delivering something for a client versus like maybe following his own creativity for a track that he's just making for himself. So I kind of see that there. I think that's a really good insight and that it probably feels a lot more personal and emotional to him to like express his artistry for himself, whereas he can go more into that like, literal factual logical place when he's you know commissioned working with the client yeah i took <laughs> yungi not being an infp probably the hardest when it first changed i was like what <laughs> like 
But I do see these other sides of him. But your point about how he can vibe with Namjoon and like understand him, I, I, I mean, as an observer, I agree with the the N. But I can see that maybe being a softer one where he could switch to S, like as needed for certain projects or things like that in certain conditions. And his connection with Jin too, right? Like, yeah, if Jin is if Jin is an S, if I am correct in that, to be able to like be just be in that present concrete place together is, uh, I mean, mind mates, one of the concepts of mind mates um, that we started to talk about, share the second letter. That is something you share with your mind mate. And like, we are 100% going to have to go into this because I need to know for <laughs> science, for exactly. research and for friends. <laughs> yeah. Not for me, definitely not. But I know someone <laughs> who might want to know. <laughs> You've got it. <laughs> okay, um, so you brought up the T versus F switch for Yoongi mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting that he ever came up as F that his younger self came up as F because I see him as the strong the clearest T in Bangtan like more than any member Yoongi fakes nothing right like he's not the guy who's gonna say the fan service thing he's not gonna pretend to be animated and expressive unless it's authentic and even if it is, if like that's a fleeting feeling and he won't keep faking it after the feeling is gone, like he's he doesn't naturally inhabit the space of really expressive emotion. He deeply feels, right? He is a very deeply emotional person. And he cares so deeply for the other members, but that expressiveness is not a place where he spends a lot of his time. Like he is a rational, logical, and practical being. And I think that's very tea. That's so interesting because something I was thinking about, but I wasn't sure like where it fit though. I mean, sure. There was the line about like big house, big cars, big rings or whatever that was later changed. But like, I think Yoongi, this is again, my, my perception. I think he would do music even if he was still broke and like deciding between noodles and the bus and Daegu. Like I don't see him as super he is a practical guy, but I don't see him as like super money motivated. I think he's like passion motivated. So maybe that's different facets of his personality interacting, but like I agree that he's not going to sugarcoat anything or that he's very like honest and truthful, but I don't know where I see him on like the practicality standpoint. That makes sense. Like this is the guy that would run himself. Like even Jungkook was like, you're going to burn out. Like, this guy will run himself into the ground for like furtherance of his goals. So I don't know where that might be manifesting or like why I feel that way about him. He does wear his passion like right out there on his, his sleeve, right? It's like, that is what drives him so much more than the idea of like what makes sense or is, yeah, what is practical. That's, that's very true of him. Yeah. I was thinking about, you know, um in the earlier days i can't remember which year this was 2015 2014 where he did that like fan project i think he may have done it twice like where he like personally like created this stuff to give to fans right like i think he like packaged like certain like little food goodies and like all this stuff and he like designed that little sugar face thing i can't remember what it was called but like he like took the time to like really do this like project on his own for fans that he didn't have to so i've i was kind of like um i guess struggling there with 
him being feeling or the tea which i'm blanking on what it is <laughs> but yeah um i think he also did the same thing like he gave fans like a a loaded like bus card or like a phone card i can't remember but like th- moments like that where he's showing really deep feelings and thought for like fans where people like normally describe him as like cold yes I think there is a I don't know stereotype maybe that F's are emotional right in a negative way and T's are cold and unfeeling And I think the same way that Jin is a great example of an introvert who has the confidence that, you know, debunks stereotypes about introverts. I think Yoongi is a great example of a T who who has that like kind of raw emotional side that is not the way that he is, you know, judging, using the judging function, right? The way he's evaluating things, I think is very logical, but his emotion is very real and present right the like sort of wild charisma he has as a performer is is very um there's like a vulnerability in it that does not have a t feel like his emotions are very present i think they're not the way he leans when he's decision making but i think he is a great example of a very emotional t my people i feel like i'm the same Interesting. Sensational. <laughs> that TikTok was, sensational. There was a moment in my favorite, my favorite part of the MBTI Live video by far was the Perilla Leaf controversy at the end. <laughs> what so even good. was that? I mean, I know what it was, but like, what was that? <laughs> and there was a moment where Yoongi said, if they can't peel a shrimp themselves, they do not deserve to eat shrimp. <laughs> yes. This is like a classically tea like (laughs) hilarious overstatement rule creation he's creating a universal rule you don't get shrimp if you can't feel it which of course he does not mean in reality but i i saw that as a relatively tea kind of goofy over the top thing to say it was funny actually and this will be interesting i guess when we get to jk but jk's part was so focused heavily on like the relationship aspect or like what does it mean if this person is like doing this and and Shuga's like uh yeah if you can't handle this like if you can't do it for yourself as an adult like what do you do like it's very it is practical like what are you doing <laughs> I mean it's a really interesting observation I think you guys make around like what what is the meaning of practical for someone who's so driven by their passion it's like I think Yoongi makes really practical decisions around the central motivator of his passion, right? He will he will make like super logical calls about how to make his passion happen. I think maybe that's where I see the tea come through for him. Maybe that's part of the reason I bias him is because I one of my former bosses, I viewed her as like super agentic. Like she saw her vision clearly and was like able to make it happen. And I was so, like, in awe of that. Like, she, it seemed, I'm sure she had doubts, but from me looking at her, it seemed like she had no doubt. She knew she would achieve her goal. She knew what steps she had to take to get there and would just, like, go and do it. And I was constantly in awe of her. So maybe I'm kind of, like, in awe of Yoongi for some of those same things. The, like, clarity of vision. Almost feels magical sometimes. Like, how did you know? 
like not only were you in the right place at the right time you knew exactly what choice you wanted to make and like didn't look back so anyway tangent on tangent but i love yungi <laughs> welcome to my <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah guess my guess intp i think he was right the the time when he got intp i could i could see istp i'm not here to tell yungi that he, that is wrong but I think he has said before that he sees himself most in INTP. So I'm going to agree with him. All right. Next one, Kalea, grab onto something. Hold on. Um, all right. So J-Hope. It says in 2017, J-Hope was an ESFJ. Um His type stayed the same when they did it in 2020, but now it's totally different. Um, excuse me. In 2022, J-Hope is an INFJ. And this article says the world's rarest personality type. Mm-hmm. So I leave it there. Kelly, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> Just have to call out that uh, if if we really have a Hobie INFJ, uh, Kalea, how would you feel to match your bias <laughs> in type? <laughs> well, it's just interesting because I'm always like, we're so alike, right? Like, we're both Aquarius and now he's like saying he's an INFJ and like I just see a lot of myself in him um I feel like he's a a lot more positive person and I'm like the bitter version of him so (laughs) 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 um but yeah I I see a lot of similarities between us good balance good balance (laughs) so one thing that um, I think is interesting about this switch to see him show up as an I for the first time. Um, and actually he mentioned in the MBTI lab that he had taken it just himself casually, like recently and got ISFJ. So he got I twice in a row. I, I have noticed that extroverts who have lived through the pandemic have connected with their introvert self in some cases. I think Mm. sometimes it's the other way where they're like, oh my God, I'm dying. Let me out of here. I got to do my extroversion. But I definitely have talked to extroverts who have just kind of connected more deeply with like the beauty of introversion. And because I see, you know, it's like a fandom cliche, right? Hobie's energy. I see so much extroversion in that. I wonder if he just is kind of, has found the joy of his, introversion side during this past couple years and maybe that's why he shows up as the I. CC also Kim Taehyung <laughs> but anyway. Totally yeah. <laughs> um, my guess for Hobie is that ESFJ was correct but I could see I could see the ISFJ and I think I, I mean F, F is so clear for him right F and J are the two that have been consistent for him every time. So let's talk about what those all mean. Um, He said that his N versus S preference is not very clear. It's basically even. And knowing that he's gotten S a lot of times prior, I think that is pretty good evidence that he's probably an S who is really good at using the N side. Um, I think knowing the way that, like, his, Hobie's most obvious and natural gifts are, like, his kind energy and emotional attunement on the one side, the F. And then his like dance and sense of like visual beauty, right? Whether it's design, stage presence, fashion, dancing, whatever. Those say to me, 
that the middle two letters are F and J, or F, sorry, S and F. Um, I think working with so closely with Namjoon and Yoongi and writing his own lyrics and learning to rap over the years, right? Like that has really stretched the N and built that muscle for him, like expressing your art from a conceptual verbal way. Um, and there are, there are actually a lot of S rappers, but I think you can sort of see the difference between the really concrete expression of his talent in dance and a more conceptual expression of his talent in lyrics, writing lyrics. Another place where I see ESFJ as a strong possibility is ESFJs are just known as like natural carers and caregivers. Like they are sensitive to and pick up on others' emotions. And they just know like how to make things harmonious and good vibes. Like they want to make others feel good and their energy is very based off of that. And his energy can be very that, right? I think he even mentions it in the MBTI video. 100%. And I do remember Bongtan saying, like, Hobie's like our shadow leader, or like he sets the mood. Again, I don't remember the exact quote, but they've said things in that vein. I believe, like, you can really see it. It's, it's such a different way of leading than June. And I think it's like kind of a, it, they balance each other out in some ways. Um, Kalea, you have like hearts in your eyes right now. <laughs> No, I hope you know. Your gaze is so soft. <laughs> no, I was um I was thinking exactly what you were saying. And I was also thinking um recently in the dinner when I think Jimin was talking about doing his solo work and they were like saying I haven't heard it, but J Hope was saying that he's heard it. And Namjoon was like, Don't you all know you're all second to J Hope? Like J Hope is first in Jimin's world. Like he's just like I don't know, like you were saying, this, like, really, like, bright energy, someone that you want to, like, go to, um, like, that kind of, like, warm caretaker energy, so it just made sense to me what you were saying. <laughs> yes. I think you can see how much he thinks about intention and impact, and, like, he talks about the way others' emotions around him affect him. He wants people to feel good. Like, he's, he's very sensitive, um, and I think you can kind of see that caregiver streak at play in the way that he performs because he also has a like privacy about him, right? It's almost like it's so different from Jin's. Hobie's privacy almost feels like it's because he's so focused on wowing the audience. He wants to express his talents in a way that like are about their good time, not about exercising the emotions that he needs to get through in his art. It's like so, he's such an entertainer. And I think that really feels like that caregiver, that it's not about me. It's about how I can serve you by entertaining you with my gifts. And that just feels ESFJ to me. I've definitely um, picked up that vibe before. I think we talked about it in an episode many moons ago. For me, like Jin and Hobie are the ones, and we we're already just talking about Jin, but kind of hard to get a read on, but it does feel like a different energy. But yeah, like what what do we super know about Hobie the person? Because it's so like, yeah, entertainer performance focused. I mean, we know he's caring because they all are like obsessed with him. And I agree with everything you said, but I just do feel like a kind of like quiet sense of privacy from him. Mm -hmm. Almost like 
I don't, I'm not needing to take up space in this way by telling you all this stuff about me. Like, I'm good to just be here. Yeah. Like, sort of, like, a satisfied. I was getting that sense during their, like, MBTI thing that they were just doing where, like, they were kind of all, like, really sharing a lot about themselves, but there's a lot of moments where he just sits there and he's just, like, really quiet and just, like, I can tell he's, like, just perceiving things and really taking things in. Like, there was a couple times where Namjoon had to, like, ask him, like, well, what do you think? Like, he's really, like, a listener type. Or even during the dinner as well, like I people were saying, like oh, it's because he's drunk. But I, I don't think it was just because he's drunk. He's just like that real like listener type. Yeah, I think that that would be I think right on the money for especially if you were like ISFJ that does have more of that introverted energy. So yeah, maybe we maybe we defer to him if he's claiming the I. <laughs> I have to call out maybe my favorite line of the MBTI Lab video was, um, you know, we all know that Hobie has always had like kind of a mature streak in him. That is sort of that shadow leader energy, right? And I have to call out during the Perilla Leaf controversy, um, Hobie went, I think it was Namjoon says, what would you do? And how would you react if, you know, your girlfriend took off a Perilla Leaf or whatever? And Hobie said, it wouldn't matter if we trust each other. And I was like, oh, mature king. <laughs> I was going to say the only one with like a decent answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hobie's like the one you go out for your girl's night and he's like, okay, have fun. You don't, <laughs> he does not text you once. You don't hear from him. He's not like, when are you coming home? <laughs> Secure, securely yeah, attached. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your attachment is exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, so what I take away from all of these, like Hobie drinking and listening is if you're the friend having a mental breakdown and you just need like a sympathetic ear, like take him out for drinks and he'll just, you know, let you talk through whatever you need to talk through. <laughs> Sweet hold space for you. Exactly. <laughs> and then obviously the J, the last letter is J. What, what else could it be? The J for J Hope, as they said. (laughs) He's contractually obligated. It's written in his contract. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So that's, that's my rationale for ESFJ. Why are INFJ types so rare? I don't know why they're so rare. What I've heard in general is that N is more rare than S. Mm. just across the board there are more s types than n types um i i don't know so intj my type is the second rarest so intj and infj are the two rarest types and i have no idea why that would be um i i don't know maybe that's uh homework for all of us go search (laughs) and see why certain types are more present than others interesting Another conversation for a future time is like why some types appear for a certain gender more frequently than others, but socialization, I guess. But anyway, this will be a 10 hour podcast if if we go down every rabbit hole that I want to go down right now. (laughs) 